Fanny Pack Wrestling is a proud member of Diamond Club and the Freakin' Awesome Network. Check out more great content at diamondclub.tv and freakinawesomenetwork.com. Nachos amigos, and welcome to the Fan Pack Wrestling Podcast. Wrestling podcast goodness for your ears and eyes. I'm Peter Ray of your man with no plan. Here with me, as always, for this ride on the good ship, Fanny Pack. We have my tag team partner, my friend, Davey Jeffrey Majors, aka DJM. How you doing, Deej? I'm dizzy. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, and it's not because I'm getting uh, air sick or seasick on the good shit fanny pack. So let's ride. Yes, let's ride forth uh, for some Australian wrestling uh, with Melbourne City Wrestling. Uh, Deej, how familiar are you with uh, Melbourne City Wrestling? Uh, Melbourne City Wrestling specifically, uh, not too much. Uh, I do know the venerable TM61 uh, had a base there. Uh, I do know that the Australian wrestling scene is definitely a hotbed for women's wrestling and a lot of women's talent. So that's one thing that I was looking forward to. Uh, I know that Melbourne City Wrestling is a fairly popular promotion in in Australia, uh, despite being only around since 2010. Uh, good for them. So uh, I think it's time we jump on in so pd rave let's introduce our poor fools i mean guests this evening <laughs> yes. uh first of all we have all the way from the west coast one half of sports odds and ends uh with my friend uh brandon cooper aka king Cavs. we have the one the only jerry vin aka jvz and how you doing jvz i'm doing great i'm glad to be here yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, who else have we got, Deej? Joining us along with JVZ on this episode of the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast is one-fourth of the Record Breakers Podcast here on the Rebelli Podcast Network, coming to us by way of Austin, Texas, circa some undisclosed location in the state of Pennsylvania, Patricio El Swaggiero, a.k.a. Patty McSwag, a.k.a. Patrick the swagger s-w-a-double-g-e-r swagger thanks for coming on can you introduce me whenever i walk in a room can i take you to my next job interview and just let you do that i'm not moving to austin i've said this enough times no you can just visit like you come down like crash for a couple days walk into the interview with me then get on a plane go back to detroit you can get a direct flight right out of atx it's easy we can talk we can talk <laughs> offline okay we talk <laughs> offline uh we're talking of course about melbourne city wrestling uh the former home to quite a few uh at least former stomping grounds to quite a few uh australian talents 
Uh, I know Emma's went through there. Shazam McKenzie makes uh, her part-time home there. Evie goes through there. Uh, Dumping Women's Wrestling. And, of course, the recently signed uh, Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste. Uh, the formerly you know, the, of the Mighty Don't Kneel, uh, who just recently signed to the WWE and I believe have started working for uh, NXT. Uh, so they're definitely a, it's definitely a home for a lot of uh, up and coming and interesting talent. Uh, Jerry Vin, JVZ. I keep saying your actual name. I don't know why the hell that. <laughs> uh, what were your? You've always said my middle name as well. It was weird. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why. It's just it was like it became a thing, and once something becomes a thing with me, it never stops. <laughs> I only have okay. that, like the soundboard that I have uh, pulled up on my computer. There's one in my brain. I just push a button. It's like <laughs> there's samples. Uh, JVZ, what were your expectations yes. about this event? Well, you guys kind of alluded to it already. I, I think um, someone who mostly watches WWE and NXT, um, they've seen a lot of Australian talent come into NXT recently. And uh, so, I mean, that was basically my only impression. Um, I had no idea where they came from. I just knew that they're they're doing something right in Australia. So I was kind of excited because uh, thinking that this might be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat, what were your expectations coming into this? Uh, I'm coming in blind. Uh, uh, I just know there are thing there are other things created in Australia that I enjoy. And uh, the notion of seeing wrestling from that uh, wonderful, weird country was uh, exciting to me. Yes. Yes. Uh, And we go into the show. Uh, We start off with the tag team title match with an extra stipulation. Uh, We had the estate of Emmanuel and Cousin Ali uh, accompanied to the ring by Sebastian Walker defending... Against the extremely popular Juice XT, Mr. Juicy, and JXT. Uh, Deej, I have to ask you your, your thoughts or your context that you could give. Uh, these are probably talents that you haven't, are, are you, even you haven't been familiar with uh, in your world of professional wrestling. I would love to hear your thoughts. Well, this was the classic DJM hot opening match on your wrestling show. That's that's always important to me. Uh, GXT and Mr. Juicy taking on the estate with their manager, Sebastian Walker. No, I did not really know much of anything, but credit to Melbourne City Wrestling, or sorry, Melbourne City Wrestling, to explaining and telling the story and the stipulation behind the match. They they framed all of that very well, and it was an opening contest that had meaning, which is always good. Hey, hashtag storytelling. Yeah. Uh, if the estate lost, Sebastian Walker was gone. He goes bye bye, uh, which is uh, an, an exciting stipulation. Uh, JVZ, what were your thoughts on the opening contest? Um, pretty much the same thing. It's I don't know who these people are, but uh, so I'm very much looking to the show and the production itself and the people involved in that, mostly the announcers, to tell me what's going on, tell me why these guys hate each other. 
um, tell me why they want so badly to win this match. And they did a great job of doing that. And uh, especially with the introduction of the Sebastian Walker character, because he's kind of everything that this match is centering around. And he seems to be this very, um, this very, very much hated manager figure for the estate. And, uh, you know, and so not only do they do a good job of introducing him and introducing him as the, as the centerpiece of the stipulation, but also during the match itself, they have him get involved numerous times and show exactly, I mean, basically the, the announcers did a good job of telling it. And then Sebastian Walker did a good job of showing why we should hate him, why we should want him gone. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, on top of that, the wrestling itself was pretty entertaining to watch. Um, they were good wrestlers, good, solid wrestlers. And that kind of set the tone for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we, uh, Pat, what were your, exp- I mean, uh, what were your thoughts on the opening contest, the opening tag team contest? I do enjoy tag team wrestling. I think it is uh, it, it is one of the better things in wrestling when done right. I also like a small guy, big guy tag team where you have you know the smaller svelter person and then somebody who's larger and more punishing. It gives you the ability when you have it, especially in this case, we got two tag teams both with that same sort of basic uh, formula where you can have the. You know, the big guy versus the tiny guy, big guy versus big guy, little guy versus little guy. You get all kinds of uh, all kinds of um, permutations that work out. Uh, we have a heel manager who does heel manager things. Yes. And and those are fun. Uh, the thing that makes the thing that sells wrestling is the heels. It's easy to be a face. It's really hard to be good at being a heel, like just to to be able to just infuriate everyone and make make the other guy look good is is a skill in itself um as that's far as actually the, the exact opposite of what a lot of people in the business say a lot of people in the business say <laughs> they love being a heel because it's just it's easy to be a jerk and get people pissed off at you yeah and I would being actually, a baby face is hard i would say there, there's only one way to be a good guy and you're kind of at the you're kind of at the top of this pyramid and you have to stay there and you have to be this you know this pinnacle of humanity and you deviate that you deviate that from that a little bit and you're all of a sudden an asshole so there's like 50 different ways you can be an asshole 50 different ways you can be a bad guy but kind of only one way you can be a good guy yeah i mean not to jump on you swagger and pile on but i i I, I think it's interesting to hear you say that because i've always kind of thought the opposite I, I to me it's it's it, being the good guy is is just about like for the most part I mean there are there are people who are great faces and then there's everyone else who's just a face right now everyone else who's just a face right now are only a good face because they have heels to put them there I see what you're saying that's yeah. that's it's what I'm saying like they need they need each other the, the the heel needs the face but the heel can also fight the crowd fight the rules be be against everything. And whereas the face just has to be against the bad guy and can't really, you know, go outside of that too often. Um, as far as the wrestlers go, I liked uh, Juicy because I got sort of this Australian discount store Colt Cabana vibe. And I love me some Colt Cabana. Uh, he just he had that that sort of 
a little bit ridiculous of a of a character. Not the uh, not the most athletic of people, which Colt kind of is for a big dude. Uh, but you know, guy full of heart. And uh, cousin Ali actually wasn't a bad like gigantic human monster thing, which you know. It, is a thing that happens in wrestling where it's just like, oh, you're like six and a half feet tall and most of 400 pounds. Yeah, we can make you a wrestler. And he did okay at it, like which which I can't imagine being easy. But he like they they sold it well. The announcers, which I think this is a commentary on everything, the announcers were way above par for an indie wrestling promotion. That's one of the things that indie promos either they either have the best announcers in the world or the worst and very few in between. And these guys were very good coming in completely blind, knowing spoiler alert, all but one person in this whole show, yeah. uh, which we'll get to later. Um, I knew every storyline. I knew a lot of the history between the characters. And as far as an opening match goes, this was really good. Uh, I'm a fan of the, the bad guy yanking the ref out. And I liked sort of the, <laughs> to, to save a, to save a pin. And I liked that it was the, uh, was the, uh, the man, heel manager doing heel manager things. Yes. And, and it just, you know, it, you know, and then he gets what, ha- what he has coming and you get the, you know, face overcomes adversity sort of finish that you're supposed to get in a wrestling match most of the time. And if this is how you start a show, you've got a good chance of having a good show. Mm-hmm. This is, it's uh, a strong start. I will say, uh, for those that are, are wondering, uh, Mr. Juicy, though I know that there's uh, many in the geek industry that are involved in wrestling, uh, is not, in fact, a PvP author, uh, Scott Kurtz. Uh, just want to let everyone know that, nor is he related to it. Uh, I, I do have one complaint, and I don't know if this is kind of the right place to work this in, because, but I, I, I don't know, maybe for me it is, because I this was less of a complaint going on, but for some reason it felt like the camera work during this match was a little, a little jumpy. I felt like they were switching cameras a lot and the cameras were out of focus a lot. And for some reason I didn't notice that later on during the show. Yeah. But for this match in particular, they had a lot of cameras and a lot of like cool angles that they would like showing off, which I think yeah. worked a lot better in a lot, a lot of the later matches. Uh, I didn't really yeah, notice I feel it like as in, much. In this match, they just, it felt like they were insisting on getting the closest shot possible. And yeah. a lot of the time the camera was a little out of focus and then it would have to get in focus after a few seconds. And uh, it, yeah, it, it just, it seemed weird, but yeah. it, you know, whatever was going on there, I feel like they got it fixed. Yeah. Because, yeah, because yeah, I didn't have a whole lot of complaints for the rest of the match. Yeah, because it kind of kind of found its rhythm. Yeah, it's the opening contest. Everybody's like, all right, let's, all right you got to frame the shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was a really good, entertaining opening contest that transitions us over into the next contest, a one-on-one showdown uh, between two hot talents. Uh, it's trying to establish themselves in the hierarchy of... Melbourne City Wrestling, uh, a.k.a. all a lot of words for saying it was just a singles match. Uh, Slex versus Sean Custom. Uh, Slex versus Sean Custom. Slex, uh, a main event talent. The guy that I've seen before in the, you know, the previous event has a lot of talent. Uh, Sean Custom definitely has a look and some talent to him as well. A couple of uh, their uh, main guys here in Melbourne City Wrestling 
and I think you know, that showed pretty well for for the, like the second contest in in the in the event. Uh, Deej, what, what were your thoughts? What did you think of the contest? This was a singles match. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this was a singles match. Uh, JVZ, what were your thoughts? Um, I I totally get what DJM is saying there. Um, I, I think the other big takeaway, I guess from me, was the idea that Slex was, um, was kind of this MCW veteran that was very much beloved by the crowd. Um, although, yeah, from what you're saying, it sounds like, uh, both of these guys are. Um, for some reason, I didn't get that impression from oh, yeah. I think, commentary. Uh, Maybe I just got it wrong. But well, the, no, Slex is but, definitely definitely the the face, yes. and and Sean Custom was, was the was the the heel uh, for yeah. sure. But it, it, it was like Slex was this um, was this very very much long time character in MCW that is kind of is one of the things that makes MCW what it is. Um, at least that's kind of what I got from the commentary. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I think, uh, this yeah. and, and I think that's a little more important later on. Yeah. And that, that does establish things, uh, kind of him, him getting a big rallying cry win, uh, and him showing well and him performing well for a crowd that is really into him sets things up for later tonight, as we'll talk about later tonight, I mean, later in the episode, uh pat did you have any thoughts on this contest um i will i will comment on the wrestler named slex which is maybe the best worst wrestling name ever because it sounds like either a porn company company or a gawker blog like that i don't know what a slex (laughs) is but it's one of those two things and it's not the name of a wrestler um it was a singles match it had moments but the first match was was a stronger one but again, I think what Jerry said sort of it set up the character of Slex, especially for an outside audience, as to where he was at this point in his uh, time in MCW. Mm-hmm. And it does a pretty good job of that. And I think it, it in and of itself, it wasn't a, a big time match, but it did set that up uh, really well. Uh, and then it transitioned well into the following contest. Uh, we had the unsanctioned contest uh with a scheduled time and and a referee provided uh but medical wasn't going to be allowed and stuff uh, <laughs> uh it's not a sanctioned a hardcore match between uh lucky hendrix and lucky hendrix and sid parker the jurassic punk uh they did a really great job of establishing the story of this contest uh with the with the video package uh it's something that I, I this, the big reveal of Lucky Hendrix uh, happened at the other event that I, I watched. Uh, so I watched that and they did establish that pretty well uh, with the whole Chupacabra haunting him thing. Uh, but especially with this, they did it all pretty well. Uh, Deej, what were your thoughts on the contest? What were your thoughts on how they established it all? Well, you said it all already, Petey. Uh Credit to Melbourne City Wrestling. They established the story behind this match excellently. 
uh, and just they put it all together very, very well. So big kudos to them for explaining the story behind Lucky Hendrix and Sid Parker. Also, I just want to say, Petey, with all of these indie shows that we've done, I always try to see if there may be one or two talents on the show that will stand out to me and say, okay, this guy's really good. And for me on this show, that was Sid Parker. Sid Parker really caught my attention, not just for his look and his, but his whole presentation and just as a complete pro wrestler in the ring presentation wise, he's really good. Uh, I would not be surprised if he starts getting a little bit more notice. If he moves up the card in MCW and maybe even goes elsewhere, I would not be entirely surprised because Sid Parker, he, he caught my attention. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he also, stands. I just want to say about lucky Hendrix coming out to the backstreet boys was pretty funny. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's fantastic. I appreciate like the, that too. Though, uh, I, I, it was weird cause I always say, you know, that, that, that is Nikki storms music. So, but, but I'll oh, let it slide. <laughs> But She's in NXT slow. now. It's okay. okay. It's okay. Okay. Let, let it, I, I'll, let it, I'll let it go. Let it go. I'll let, let it go, go Petey. She's in NXT. She's going to be okay. 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 Uh, JVZ, what were your thoughts on, on the unsanctioned match? Well, like you guys said, the, uh, the, the video package was perfect. Um, that told me everything that I needed to know about these people that I don't know anything about. And, uh, you know, I know why they hate each other. I know, I know why they agreed to do this unsanctioned match. Um, you know, the, the stipulation itself, I found a little bit, or I guess the context of the match, I found a little silly. But I, apparently, from talking with you guys earlier before the show, it sounds like this unsanctioned match concept is um, is not a new thing in indie wrestling. But it to happens. me, it's all, yeah. To me, it just seems like. If you don't want these guys to fight each other, maybe schedule another match during this time. Maybe not have your own referee out there. Maybe not normally, actually have counting pins. Normally with the unsanctioned matches, what they do is after the entire show is complete, they'll turn out the lights for a minute or so, and then they'll bring the house lights back up and then announce that, okay, the show's technically over, Here's the unsanctioned match, which we're totally not sanctioning. That's usually how it goes. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Um, I'm glad to get that context. uh, Generic Osteen fight without honor. Okay, because this one was in the middle of the show, and it was (laughs) just like everybody was taking a 30 minute break while this match happened to be going on, and uh, um, it just it seemed like it was unsanctioned but actually kind of sanctioned um and if that's the case why not just call it either a hardcore match or whatever 50 other terms street fight or whatever well that's probably why they called it unsanctioned because there are 50 other words that you can use for this type of match so saying unsanctioned is a little bit different it does differentiate it a little bit so i did see what they were going for being the person that has watched far too much wrestling in his lifetime uh i i did understand what they were going for and uh, it plays I mean, into the whole concussion storyline and the whole yes. 
Yeah, I understood why they wanted to do it because of that. And I think they did a really good job during the match of playing into the concussion fears where it was, you know, every, you know, every couple of moves or so it was, you know, oh no, Sid Parker is doing something new, something increasingly sadistic to Loki Hendricks uh, and further increasing the risk that Lucky Hendricks is going to be permanently injured for life. And, yeah. um, and so, uh, yeah, so it, once you're really invested in the storyline, you, you know, it really enhances the evilness of this Sid Parker character and, um, really makes you fear for this Lucky Hendricks character. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the, it, just through, throughout the match, they did a really good job of going back to that storyline and not yeah. dropping it um, all the way through the match. Yeah. Uh, though I do have to say, I liked it at the end where uh, they go, uh, hey, uh, he's going to go get checked out by a doctor. And if he gets medical clear, medically cleared real quick, uh, he's going to be in that Rumble match we're going to have, we're about to have. <laughs> I love that, like, they threw that in there, like, oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, we lost you there for JVZ. Sorry, I was just saying that's paying attention to the story. That's keeping continuity. That's that's always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Pat, what were your thoughts on this contest? Uh, we had skinny ginger punk kid Finn Balor and a guy who came out to Backstreet Boys music in a hardcore match. I sometimes hate hardcore matches. Because they tend to just turn into CZW bloodbaths for no fucking reason. And those that's are boring and two stupid. fat guys doing it. That's... Yeah, that's the, I hate the two fat guy hardcore match. This hardcore match, the, the, the weapons Boy, were there for the grudge kind of and, and they matching. made sense and they were used reasonably creatively. Um, there was a, a, you know, an, uh, a suicido over the top rope with his hands tied behind his back, which is ballsy as fuck. Because uh, if you miss that, you're gonna fall real hard. Um, and uh, I, I actually have that in my notes. It's, I said that that suicide dive through the ropes was ballsy. Exactly. That, that, yeah, <laughs> it speak. was. It was just like one. You are trusting your opponent to break some of your fall, and you are trusting yourself to get yourself in a position where you can kind of use your feet to catch yourself. Yeah. And uh, and but like that that cell like you put this guy in this impossible, my arms are tied behind my back situation and he figures out a way to make it work. That's what made it a good match. Uh, there was the, the finish was this corner to corner drop kick with the trash can shoved on uh, skinny punk kid Finn Baylor's head. And it was awesome. I'm going to call him that because it was just a little too much trying to, trying to pull that off. But both guys I actually thought were decent. I think, Deej is not wrong about Sid Parker. Uh, he had there. There were so many good moments in this match, and part of it is is that he was just a bad motherfucker, uh, and kind of like knew how knew his way around a hardcore match. Yeah, he was he was, he was sufficiently evil, and it was pretty fantastic, uh, and it worked out well. And it was it was nice and sadistic and crazy, uh, and it, it brought up the energy uh, really well, just in time. For kind of one of the marquee matchups in this uh, event, the marquee showdowns, we had the 
apparently fifth annual bar ballroom brawl rumble match. Say it like the in-ring announcer ballroom brawl because that accent though. <laughs> rumble match. Just yes. a, just a pile of marbles in your mouth when you talk. <laughs> it's Australia. Don't be a dick. Yes. No, the, the, it was only the in-ring guy. Everyone else could enunciate. In-ring guy, it was boom, boom, Yes. Uh, the fifth annual ballroom brawl rumble match. A lot of people, it was 20 guys. I'm not going to list them because I couldn't find a complete list. Uh, but we'll probably talk about our, our, the guys that we caught our attention. Uh, Deej, what, 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 caught your, what caught your attention about the ballroom brawl rumble match? I have an issue in that I never really ever pay attention to battle royale rumble matches ever until the last person is standing and the person wins. And I was pleasantly surprised with the result. Mm-hmm. Uh, JVZ, what did you think of the rumble match? Um, I think it's it's difficult to follow sometimes when you're talking about a rumble match with virtually everybody in the match being somebody that you don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I think what, what makes, I guess what makes the Royal rumble exciting for me, WWE's Royal rumble is because I know everybody in the match. So every single time there's a countdown, it gets really exciting because it's which of these guys do that. I know is going to show up next and then their music hits and I recognize the music and then I get excited and, and all that. And then with this, it's, um, okay, it's another person I don't know. And then it's another person I don't know. And it's another person I don't know. Um, so it, it relies heavily on the commentary to every single time there's a new person, you have like 10 seconds to introduce them. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think they did a really good job of that. Um, it's still, still kind of a mess, um, because that's still a whole lot to have to overcome, but, um, because some of the people in this match were also featured earlier during the show, I think it helped a little bit with that. Um, especially when you get to the fact that at the very end, it's the same tag team that won the very first match. It was those two guys that were in the ring for as as the finalists in the match yeah and uh you know and and then they you know the commentary did a good job of playing it off as you know these guys are really good friends and they're real they're partners and now they've got to put all that aside and and uh you know and just wrestle it out for um for this prize yeah and they did a pretty they did a really good job of kind of establishing that uh, establishing that hey may the best man win and just go at each other, <laughs> which almost like with the with the nice vim and vigor. Uh, there's also, I think, one of the moments that I think were memorable is uh, they tried to do the mid rumble dance party thing uh, with a guy who couldn't dance. Uh, with our more our boy Mr. Juicy had to had to had to not only uh, put an end to that, but uh, I don't know if anybody else caught it, but he also uh, threw in an, a, a quick. Blink and you missed it, little uh, running man. Uh, per hashtag running man challenge, he did it real quick. No music, he just did it real quick. I'm just saying, I saw it. 
Sorry, I see you. Uh, but yeah, the, the, there was a great moment. But uh, yeah, the, the the end was really cool. Pat, what were your thoughts on the Rumble match? As Rumbles go, it was reasonably enjoyable. There was a, a good chop fest mid-match, and I'm a fan of of the chop as the most underrated move in wrestling or most overrated, maybe both. Because uh, it is it is literally just about the sound. Like, that is 100% the whole goal. It's just to make the loudest crack off your opponent's chest you can. And it's great when it works. Um, also, if you can get a good welt in there. Yeah, yeah, but it, it is, it, it's just, it's such a, it's such a pro wrestling thing that doesn't exist anywhere else. No one does that in a fight. That's because no closed one. fists are illegal in wrestling, Swacker. Exactly. Except when they're not. Yes. But. Um, referee's discretion. So like, um, also, a lot of people in a tiny ring. They, so I didn't mention this earlier, they got a small ring and that's Okay. You can have a great match in a little ring. You can have a great match in a giant ring. This was a smaller one. Uh, they got a lot of people in that tiny little ring. Um, and I really, really liked the finish. I liked the, you know, you have the tag champions who we just met earlier in the night who clearly like each other. And they basically, they're like, oh, it's us. Cool. Shake hands. Good luck. Kick each other's ass. And uh, Mr. Juicy gets the victory, and he did the uh, the Nakamura rope grabby thing, and he Which did it. A- it was funny watching a fat man do the Nakamura rope grabby thing, because uh, it's such a like it's become you know somebody else's like so much of indie wrestling is often like send ups to your heroes, and I just thought it was funny this very large man doing a thing that uh, you know Nakamura, who's a very svelte individual. Uh, does was really funny and I, I just i thought i thought the ending made it the, yeah. the way it finished uh yeah and it worked out really well uh yeah i like the, the i think I, i'm pretty sure i heard them heard him refer to himself as fat nakamura at some point uh which is fantastic uh i do have mixed feelings about mr juicy's choice of music as a miamian <laughs> uh with, with, the, with the um yeah uh, having to be represented by that guy, uh, I, 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 I we didn't mention it before. I did. Uh, there's been a lot of really interesting music choices. I did enjoy Slex's music of uh, Electric Feel, <laughs> which caught me off guard. Uh, just Electric. I have feel. some things I want to say about the music choices when we get to the main event. Yes, yes. Uh, we will talk about that. But yeah, I, 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 I don't be Electric Feel. Uh, but yes, but that match ended, and we transitioned over to we had Sebastian Walker storm out into the into the ring, uh, pres- grabbing a mic, uh, wanting to say something, uh, trying to say, "Hey, you you're not gonna get rid of me that easy. I'm gonna cut a promo or do something dastardly uh, heel like." Uh, and then we heard. Uh, it's me, it's me, it's DDP, uh, the DDP music. And then we heard his old WCW ripoff of <laughs> Smells <laughs> Like Teen Spirit <laughs> by Nirvana. Oh, God, yeah. That is, thought- that is the elevator music royalty-free version, if there ever was it's, one. It's, it's, there is, a, there is it, it, the trope has a name. It has a name. It's the Jimmy Hart version. <laughs> Though it's, sure. I don't know if it actually is the Jimmy Hart version, but it's still oh, it's it the is. Jimmy, it's it the is. Jimmy Hart version. 
Uh, even if it's not by Jimmy Hart, it's the Jimmy Hart version. <laughs> uh, it's that trope. Uh, and it was fantastic here. And I think I had one of my favorite moments where DDP proceeds to elaborately introduce himself, say, you know, uh, it's DDP, three-time, three-time, three-time champion, uh, the master of the diamond cutter, and who the hell are you? It turns to Sebastian Walker. says, I asked you a question. Answer me, monkey. I asked you a question, monkey. And then Sebastian Walker, you know, he could have said, you know, he could have, like, you expected him to grab the mic and say a bunch of heel things and, like, I'm Sebastian Walker. I create stars. I do this. I do that. But instead, he goes, I'm nobody. I'll just leave now. <laughs> and just <Yeah>. walks off. <laughs> And I, that has to be one of my favorite moments of the night. <laughs> that, I, I like when pro wrestling deconstructs itself. So that was a great moment. I agree. Yeah. Uh, we, we, I, I think we've all watched enough wrestling that sometimes it's a little hard for them to surprise us. But that moment genuinely surprised me. So, um, so I really enjoyed. Yeah, like it was just fun. Uh, and the, the fact that he just walked off, grabbed his coat, was like, I, I just came for my coat, and it's like <laughs> left. Uh, and that whole segment was interesting. Pat, did you have thoughts on this segment? Uh, DD, DDP was one of my guys back in my uh, Attitude Era. I watched wrestling years because I, I did love WCW, and like him and Sting were sort of the the two guys that were WCW in those years. <laughs> Uh, and I love DDP. Uh, bang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> DDP bang. yoga. Yeah. 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 I'm I curious about that. it. Uh, an aside, if you haven't watched the resurrection of Jake, the snake, it's on Netflix. You should. It's, it's interesting. DDP, if out. nothing else, save Jake, the snake Roberts and, and probably Scott Hall. Yeah. And maybe oh. others that I'm unaware of, but he probably saved those two from themselves. And that's a good thing. Cause I like those guys, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, really I, I really, I enjoyed the fact that Emmanuel, who was clearly a heel, went out and goes, how do you go ultra heel in a show? Like, how do you like double heel? You have a, a special guest legend and you fuck with them. And yeah. I liked that <laughs> you have a special guest legend and you fuck with them. And I bet it was just like, I can, I can hear it before, like in the back when this happened, whatever I have to do to get you to do a diamond cutter to me, I'm willing to do. That's yeah. what I hear him saying to yeah. DDP. And he's like, just be a dick. I'll kick yeah. your ass. It'll be Go over. Go there and get get some heat. Yeah, yeah. and it Walk and it, and, and I, I liked it. It was like there is a lot of like nostalgia in wrestling. As DJM will be the first to say, is sometimes a problem, often a problem. This was the right amount of nostalgia. This was three drops of nostalgia, and then it got the fuck out of the ring and let the wrestling come back. And it was, it was I loved it for that. It was nostalgia <laughs> as intermission entertainment. <laughs> Exactly, which is the correct amount. Yes. yes. Yeah, and, uh, and the stuff Emmanuel said, I, I think, um, w- was also really good at kind of deconstructing wrestling and what you would sort of expect. Because a lot of the times you see, you know, maybe The Rock shows up and then he's like, who the fuck are you? And it doesn't matter who you are, all this other stuff. And uh, um, Emmanuel was kind of like, you know, you just showed up here, so don't pretend like you don't know who the hell we are, because uh, you know, because you're here for a reason, and uh, you know, so all this other stuff, and kind of flip that sort of, sort of, I'm a legend, I 
the rest of you people are insignificant to me trope on its head yeah. before he got flattened. But still, yeah. uh, it, I think it, it was another unexpected turn of phrase that we didn't necessarily expect. Um, yeah. At least if we were to stick to the same formula that we see in a lot of these legend return segments. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, and it helped out really well. And it was enjoyable. I liked it. Uh, and then, you know, it, it had a nice little holdover into the p- block B of the show, which was our, which uh, consisted of our uh, next three matches. Uh, first off, being a undefeated streak versus undefeated streak. Six and over versus three and zero. Uh, we had the women of MCW. Uh, at least currently, uh, we had Kellyanne taking on the visiting, uh, Demi Bennett, Demi Bennett. Uh, this was, this was, they did a pretty cool job of like establishing these, uh, these ladies. And this was a cool contest between some hard hitting ladies. Uh, Deej, what was your impression of, uh, of these, uh, of this match? Well, when we talked about doing this show and doing a promotion in Australia, the one thing that I looked forward to the most was seeing the ladies because everyone knows a lot of really talented, really well-known ladies in the wrestling business have come from Australia. Emma in WWE, uh, Kelly Skater, my personal favorite, Madison Eagles. Yee, Madison Eagles. And the list goes on and on. And the list goes on and on from there. So I was definitely probably most interested in this match, uh, even though I simply wrote down in my notes, Kelly Ann and her inner fiend, because they talked about that, uh, versus Demi Bennett and her denim jacket. Yes. <laughs> I think that, that sums it up well. Uh, JVZ, what were your thoughts on the women's contest? Um. For for this contest, I think I, I, I was similarly excited um, for the same reasons. Um, and uh, I, I think I think uh, these women delivered in sort of the same way as what I would expect, uh, given the high expectations coming in and given sort of the uh, the overall talent level of the women that I've seen kind of get their shot in NXT. So, um, yeah, so I, I you know, th- these women, Casey Cassidy as well, Casey, yeah, Cassidy. uh, Casey Cassidy. And there's also one other one that for Billy some Kay, reason, name uh, is, yeah, Billy Jesse Kay, McKay yeah. and Billy Kay, McKay and uh, yeah. Billy Kay now. And then, and, and on top of that, the, a uh, couple of the one-offs that you mentioned, like Evie and Chaza that, um, kind of had their, the, the yeah. kind of the indie talent that they brought in for one, one match to, yeah. Shazza yeah, being Australian two. talent, Evie being often seen in Australia, though from New Zealand, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the video package itself, um, I, I guess for somebody who has was exposed to those particular names, I think it was nice to see in the video package those names got mentioned as uh, these were people that Kellyanne has you know, pretty much run roughshod over. And uh, so that kind of set the tone for the match, that she's kind of this unstoppable monster that's going through and Demi Bennett is the next challenger for that. And, uh, and she's also kind of this outsider that has kind of had to watch Melbourne city wrestling from the outside. And now she's got her chance to come in and show what she can do. And, um, 
yeah, both of them put on a really good match and kind of lived up to their expectations and uh, yeah, kind of lived up to their billings. Yeah, pretty lived much. up to the to the expectations and lived up to the expectations of intensity. <laughs> That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what were your thoughts on the women's contest? Uh, so I, I, I don't think I'm wrong in thinking we're kind of in a golden era of women's wrestling. Uh, that that is basically symbolized by WWE finally throwing the diva name out the fucking window where it belongs and just having women's wrestling. Uh, there's a lot of very good female wrestlers out there right now all over in, you know, apparently all over the world in all sorts of promotions. And both of these, I think, fall into that category. My takeaway is Demi Bennett's a fucking star in the making. She just... I, for whatever reason, hmm. I thought she was good in the ring. Hmm. Okay. See, I, I thought feel the like same thing about Kellyanne. Kellyanne was good. I actually, I like her attitude. I like sort of, you don't see a lot of women as like, like having that killer attitude, that ruthless, I'm, I must break you sort of thing. She did that really well. Uh, yeah. I, I thought, I thought this, this is one of those, if not for the match that followed, it could have easily stolen the night. Yeah. Uh, because it was it was a good match. Both of them can fucking go, which which is nice to have. Like when you get two people who know what they're fucking doing and actually go for it. There was a great cannonball into the guardrail, which <laughs> I thought was like like that ain't that no one no one is having fun doing that. No. But it it sells just it sold the character and it sold the match. Um and there was this uh, Demi had this suplex while tangled in the ropes. Yes. And it was like one of the best like one off spots I've seen. And yeah. uh, credit to Kellyanne for having a, a move called the, Br- the Blitzkrieg lock. Uh, I like that just as a great wrestling move name. Yes. It's, it's just lock. like yes. like that. That works for me. Yeah, so a, overall, this in, was. It was a great intense finish. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a very good match. Yeah. Full stop. Great. With the with the Blitzkrieg lock, very intense, very like insane at the end with the the kind of locking that in and refusing to take it off, uh, which is really cool and established the character. I think yeah, overall this I think both of these are talents with uh with a nice trajectory going forward for them. Uh, I think uh, Demi Bennett's been around in more promotions and uh uh from what I can tell. And uh, Kellyanne is the MCW gal, uh, but yeah, those those two are gonna those two are gonna make some name, make some uh, make some headway, make some name for themselves, uh, which is gonna I, be really cool to see. I hope they both get opportunities to wrestle elsewhere yeah. over you know wrestling different promotions with different could, yeah Demi with Bennett, different Demi Bennett has uh has has wrestled in Japan I believe I think that they established that uh. She, she did tours in Japan. Uh, hopefully, Kellyanne gets the same opportunities, which is, uh, I think, one of the cool things about women's wrestling in Australia is the fact that they can just go to Japan <laughs> mm-hmm. and then train it's, there. It's, yeah, it's a relatively painless flight. Yeah, and many of them do. Uh, and many of them like do things like uh, wrestle for uh, uh, stardom, like Evie does, uh, or uh, or quite a few others. So it's it's a really cool way to like get your get your feet wet, as it were. Uh, yeah, fantastic women's wrestling. Uh, but yeah, as uh, 
swagger alluded to. Uh, we have the upcoming contest. We have the rematch to the match I saw in the previous event, which was intense and awesome to check out. Uh, and this one even more so. For the MCW Intercommonwealth Championship, which is a fantastic name, a tables, ladders, and chairs match between the champion, Adam Brooks, versus the challenger, Dowie James. This, these are these are some really talented, cool dudes that I, I, I was and thoroughly entertained by the first time I saw them, and this time as well. Uh, Deej, what were, what were your thoughts on this uh, on this TLC match? I believe that this TLC match was the match that would make you put down your dollary dues for Melbourne City Wrestling. I think this is this was the match that was worth every dollary due there is. Uh, I also couldn't help but notice that with this match, there was something about this show that kind of caught my attention a couple of times. One, people coming out to the ring the wrestlers coming out to the ring, they would often get a beer from the fans and, and have a drink. That happened a couple of times on this show. Yes. Uh, also, uh, a couple of times on this show, the the rather suggestive swinging around of the belts uh, as if it was something uh, a little bit more on the phallic side rather than being a championship title. Um, Australia is the Ireland of the Southern Hemisphere. Be that as it may, I looked at Melbourne City Wrestling's website and they said that they were a family-friendly promotion. <laughs> there were definitely kids in the audience. I definitely noticed that. Yeah. Just an observation. Of- yeah, and, and and maybe it's it's the sort of thing where uh, you know some cultures around the world aren't as protective of their children as as we are in the U.S. where... Think of the children. Yeah, it's not a whole lot of that. It's, you know, it, it's... You know, a lot of the... There, there was swearing during the show. There was... Uh, yeah, there, there was... Because that a lot of suggestive children. behavior. And you know what? They're probably just like, you know what? Well, we see all this stuff on TV anyways. You know, we know how to talk to our kids and actually parent them. So it's probably not that big a deal over there. Um, yeah. they, they even say it right there on their website, all ages yeah. <laughs> all from ages. all walks of life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I think we're not used to it, but I think those kids are going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, J- J- just an observation. Just an observation. Yeah. JVZ, what, what did you think of this contest? Oh, wait. Did, yes. Yes, JVZ, what did yeah, you think yeah. of this contest? <laughs> um, I, I, I enjoyed it just as much as everybody else did. Um, it's, you know, I, tables, ladders, and chairs, it's kind of one of those things where I don't know if I've ever seen a tables, ladders, and chairs match that I didn't enjoy just because the very nature of it kind of lends itself to um, as long as it flows pretty well, it, it lends itself to some really cool, um, really cool spots. Really, um, a lot of table crunches, ladder crunches, um, kind of a slightly ex- slightly more elevated level of violence than you would normally see in a match. Um, and 
so I, I think this was a good one. This was a well-paced one and uh, um, with a good story behind it. And or at, at least a decent enough standard story of we both want this championship and we both want it really badly. Yeah. Um, and uh, so now we have to settle it. We like each other and we used to like yeah. each other, but we don't like each other now. And we're mad. Yes. And uh, yes, yeah, so I, I both... Um, especially the, the, uh, I think towards the end, maybe the last five minutes or so, um, I I think it had a really, really, it, it escalated really well at the end with, um, quite a few, I almost got this title belt, which I think, uh, I I guess uh, for all ladder matches in general, that's kind of one complaint that I always have is that whenever somebody gets really close to the belt and it seems like it's going to take them forever to pull that thing off. And, uh, I feel like there was a lot less of that this time around where it got close, but it was a realistic comeback by the person away from the ladder to get up there and prevent them from getting it. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel like they did it really well with both of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Until the finish at the very end. Uh, which was quite definitive. <laughs> quite definitive. Uh, yeah. Uh, I will say I, another observation. I think this is the most most uh, expansively I've ever gotten a look of under of the wrestling ring. We got not, uh, well-lit angles of near all the way until like halfway into under the ring. <laughs> and this is just an observation of mine. We got like, we actually got to see them crawling around under there. Uh, instead of them just disappearing into the under ring of holding, <laughs> uh, which is kind of fascinating. Uh, but yeah, Patrick, what did you think of the, the TLC match? What did you think of this contest? So I liked that it was kind of a ladder match that also had tables and chairs. Because uh, anyone who's ever watched the Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon ladder match, like the original, knows how fucking great a ladder match can be. Uh Seriously, go find that on the internet. It's everywhere. It's amazing if you've never watched it. Uh, on the network. Yeah, or the network if you have that. Uh, so I, I, for someone who previously complained about hardcore matches, one of the things I do love is improvised torture devices made out of items outside the ring. And there was a table-like item made out of two ladders and four chairs yes. that was uh, that was used at the end, and I loved that. I love the construction of these things because I'm just like, it's just how can we combine all of these things to, to make something that when I throw my opponent or myself through it, 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 you know, blows the roof off the place. Uh, Uh, There was a, there was a, a a drop kicked ladder to the, and I'm quoting the announcer groinal area, which I, (laughs) Which I just—that's the medical term. That's the medical, medical term. term. Okay, yeah, that was. Maybe that it's was, a, maybe that's what it is in Australia. The medical yeah. term. Yeah, yeah, medical term. Di- dialect English, dolary dues, yeah. the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. But like this match was thirty some minutes long. I think I didn't time it, but it was long. But it never felt too long. It never felt like it stuck around. There was always a back and forth. Uh, I, I thought the finish was terrific. Uh, you know, sort of the literal. Almost the end, then almost the end, then almost the end, then he killed him and he went and got his belt back. Yes. Like that, 
that finish worked and it's it's why it's why TLC or or a ladder match in general can work is cuz you do have that opportunity for near finish near finishes throughout the match. Yeah. And, and I I like this this 100% stole the show for me. Yeah. And and stole the show on what had several other matches I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh and it, th- that those moments were great. Uh I did like the the f- kind of like intense like I I must construct this thing. I must construct this thing cuz you I I think when he when uh uh when he was constructing that table uh, that table of ladders <laughs> uh when somebody is constructing that it, it, in a match it could seem so perfunctory and so obviously like, it's like it could seem so perfunctory and so kind of like a calm moment but he did have a very the way he did it and the way he was expressing it he had a very appropriate level of like intense tinkering <laughs> like like I, I must construct this torture device. I must do this. And it created a great moment with uh, with uh, Adam Brooks in, taking the opportunity to try to climb the ladder and then uh, him to turn around and like deal with that situation in the middle of what he was doing, uh, which was, I think, a, a fantastic moment. Uh, but yeah, the finish was great and the match was really cool and it, it stole the show and it, it, it created a great, satisfying main event big time title match uh to at least make up for what was coming uh in a sense even though what was coming was still a great moment and it was still a really cool interesting moment in and of itself uh it transitioned over to uh what was ostensibly supposed to be the main event of the evening for the mcw heavyweight title we had defending champion elliot sexton taking on Jack Hardley, Jake Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. Uh, I think formerly or currently of the Mighty Don't Kneel, uh, but we'll get that to, in a sec- to that in a second. They did a pretty good job of establishing kind of the story and the, the feel of the cha- like big fight feel of this match, uh, and kind of that a little, pretty good job of stabbing some of that. Uh, but there was a lot going on on this as far as. There's a lot going on in this as far as what it was establishing going forward. Uh, because we got some of a match and then we got uh the we got the takeover. <laughs> we got uh we taken over uh moment for the mighty the new really newly reconstructed mighty don't kneel. Deej. What were your thoughts on this uh on this what was essentially supposed to be the main event? Petey Rave, earlier in the podcast, I mentioned the point about theme music. And coming into the main event, I saw that Hartley Jackson came out to my dream theme song if I were a a boxer. If I were a professional boxer, not a wrestler, this would have been my theme song. And that was Raining Blood by Slayer. So I was already behind him. Uh, I got the impression he was probably supposed to be the heel. But yeah, his opponent, the champion... Elliot Sexton came out to a Jimmy Hart version of We Will Rock You. So I could not get behind him so much. <laughs> like, like this show clearly had no regard for copyright in terms of the, th- the 
the, the theme songs. Why would you pick any cover of a Queen song? No one has ever successfully covered a Queen song. You you are not Freddie Mercury. If you're not well, Freddie Mercury, well, I don't know about be. all that because in Ring of Honor, rare. it's pretty. In rare. Ring of Honor, Dalton Castle comes out to a version of "I Want It All," and he uses "I Want It All" the actual version in other indies. So. But then again, there will be no disrespecting of Dalton Castle. I love Patrick Dalton Swagger. Castle. I love Dalton. I am two thumbs up. I remember the first show I ever watched on this podcast year, whatever it was, two years, two or three years ago, featured Dalton Castle, and I liked him then. Okay. Uh, he is. He is. I am so happy to see him seeing success. I'm I'm with you on Dalton Castle. I think he's fantastic. I even like him as Ashley Remington, but I understand that it's not your favorite character of his. But okay. Yes. Uh, um. Yeah. The main event kerfuffle. Uh. JVZ. What were your thoughts on the main event uh, happenings? So, I totally agree that the last match was stole the show. And I think once you get to the focal point of this match, it becomes very clear that it was supposed to steal the show because that's kind of the last the the last major match that you get because this one is supposed to end um, without actually without an actual ending um, with a an invasion from the mighty don't kneel, uh, which is you know was a stable that I was familiar with. Because of, I mean, I had kind of seen the TMDK name thrown around a couple times on the internet, and uh, um, and then on top of that, TM61 debuting in NXT, um, and uh, so that kind of had me. And that that was another reason that I was somewhat interested in this show, um, not knowing that they were going to be a part of this show. So it, it was interesting to see them come in because at first it was like oh man they're gonna um they're gonna end this match on um on, on a on a dirty finish on an interference and that's gonna suck but then it became this much bigger thing yeah that um not not all not just because it was this more famous well-known stable coming in and tearing things up um because we've seen that so many times before um but I think for me, the part that was nice about it was that they kind of set it up earlier in the show, or they they set up they set up the shock value a little bit earlier in the show because um, because they had they, they brought in um, their their MCW faithful people, um, kind of the the guys like um, Slex and Juice XT. They brought them out to kind of defend oh, here comes MCW. The cavalry. Yeah, here comes the cavalry. Here comes our guys, and then, um, and then they had, they had, uh, they had Slex turn on them, and uh, so that kind of that that made it a. I, I think that had a much bigger impact because of what they set up earlier in the show. Yeah. And especially a much bigger impact for newer viewers. Yeah, uh, which is really cool and, and 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 really interesting. Kind of like wild and kind of made for for, for an interesting end segment. Kitty? Oh, or anyone else here 
Did you watch the most recent Ring of Honor pay-per-view? Uh, I have not yet, no. I have but not. Are, are, you, are you aware of how that pay-per-view ended? Uh, no. Um, it, it ended with uh, the Bullet Club kind of doing the same thing as this. So maybe when I saw this, I was a little jaded to it, but it was okay overall for yeah. what they were trying to tell. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, and I think that's what I, the, yeah, that's more or less the reaction I had, where it's like, mm. I've seen this before, I know the beats. It's it's, it's the next chapter. It's the it's next the chapter, next. which is fine. Which is, I, I thought, I thought it went a little too Attitude Era NWO for me. I like the you idea. Have liked the Ring of Honor. No, but I, I like I. But I. But the thing is, is I know who that involves, and I love them because <laughs> Kenny O fucking Mega. Slex going full heel, like and and turning on on Juicy and JXT. I understand that, like that that idea made sense, and then it just went on for way too long. <laughs> like if there had been the turn, he puts on the shirt. They like, and then they just shut the lights off. It would have told the same story. It might have told it better, and it would have been a little more concise. Also, they let someone do a pile driver. That that doesn't happen everywhere. Yeah. Uh, uh, I yeah. uh, but I I like I like it from an idea of setting up this long term beloved character going full fucking heel with the bad guys, and that the bad guys are going to destroy everything. That's that's a decent storyline that you can play with for a long time yeah. in a promotion, and, and that's it why just it's done like so I often. said, <laughs> yeah, that's why it's done so often. Again, and this this one it stuck around for too long, and it felt just a little bit too NWO. I was waiting for the brown 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 like it was it was bad in that sense. But again, I get it. Uh, a, a common a commentary table was broken. You know, because that's what you have to do. Also, Zubaz sighting. Yes. Uh, and that's how you know they were oh. the good guys, because they had Zubaz. Yes. That's how and. you know they're the, they're the funny tag team. Oh, and and the poor referee yes. just got fucking ruined. <laughs> poor the Asian poor, referee. The you poor again. tiny <laughs> Asian referee. The poor, like, literally looked, what, 5'2", maybe on a good day, and 98 pounds. Oh, poor guy. This is the second I time I've watched an that. event where he gets tortured for no reason. It's like last time he was He's that tortured, guy. He's that guy. <laughs> he got taken. He was taken hostage once for, for in exchange for a title match, uh, and then he gets beaten up here. You know, you you know, as a promotion though, you have a great ref when they are a character in the story. Shout out to Bryce Remsburg for being fucking awesome. And Rick Knox from PWG and Lucha Underground. Yeah, yeah. 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 Rick Knox like like no having shit. if you know the name of the referee when they come out, that's a good sign. That's yeah. that shows that they are they are doing something right. So uh, yeah, a lot of really cool stuff with that. Um, yeah, and that, that was how the show ended with that whole kerfuffle. Uh, and we get to like the the get to look back on the show overall. Uh, JVZ, what were your thoughts at the end of it all? Uh, your conclusive thoughts on the show overall? Um, I don't know if you can count that last match as a match, but uh, and, and if you don't count it, then I would say there wasn't a single bad match on the show. Um, which is uh, 
I think, I mean, there's only been a few shows that you've had me on where that was the case, um, where I didn't want to just coast through it. Um, this was, uh, yeah, it, it was a really, really, if you were to use the show as a, um, as a, as an ambassador for Australian wrestling, um, I feel like they represented Australia very well. And, and it's kind of one of those, you can tie, you can see why we are getting so much talent out of Australia showing up in the big leagues. Um, they're, like I said before, it seems like they must be doing something right over there. And after watching the show, they're doing something right. Um, I I think the show itself, it, it almost kind of had a, I I don't know if this is fair to say, but like a a junior WWE vibe, like they were copying a lot of stuff. And, and I I understand that they, that everybody kind of copies everybody in wrestling. Um, And, but I, I feel like, they copied the right stuff in MCW. Um, all the stuff that we're old and sick and tired of, they didn't harp on that too much, except for maybe the very end. Um, and uh, um, they, they did a really good job of adding nice new little twists to some of the old tropes. Um, whereas, you know, even if some of the characters, some of the moves, some of the other stuff... Uh, the types of matches, even if some of that is still the same, I feel like they kind of stamp their own identity on top of it. And uh, and that's always good to see, especially with a new promotion. Um, yeah, and on top of that, uh, the one thing that I harp on every single show that I'm on um, is, you know, my unfamiliarity with these characters. It's it it's. Um, it's something you have to overcome every with every single show. And then it's something that's very difficult to overcome, but I feel like MCW did a fantastic job of that with their video packages, with their commentary, with, um, with their consistency and with the wrestling itself. Um, I feel like the wrestlers did a good job of bringing their characters to the ring. And for the most part of carrying their characters through the match and making it so that, um, so that I can remember who these characters are, um, especially since who these characters are plays a big part of what happens later on in the show. Yeah. So it gives the ending a lot more meaning once you can establish that. And um, yeah. yeah, so I I had a good time watching this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, what were your thoughts uh, overall? Um, I usually comment on sort of the technical presentation of the show and as far as like putting together an enjoyable like live show that someone would download this is really really well put together for indie wrestling this is again like fairly high up the curve for what is clearly not a huge budget promotion i mean they got some money but they don't you know they're not they're not selling those seats for 75 bucks a pop this isn't wwe uh someone buy them some wireless mic kits i think that would go a long way but otherwise like I was really impressed with the whole package. The wrestling was good quality. The the video work was good. A little busy at times, but good. You could you knew what was going on. The commentary was very good. And like like Jerry said, I don't know who any of these people are, 
But now after watching this, I know who some of these people are. I understand some of their backstory. I understand why in whatever match they were in, why they were there and why it mattered. And that's, that's like the important thing about wrestling is being able to tell a story and that this did it really well. Like, like Jerry said, if, if this is the, if this is what's going on in Australia right now, every wrestling promotion in the world needs to be looking at it because they're doing really good work. Uh, yeah, DJ, what would be your conclusive thoughts, uh, on the show overall? While everyone else was talking, I had to double check something about this event and that it was actually just under three hours in length and it felt a lot shorter for me. So that was always a good sign. The show flowed from start to finish extremely well. Uh, I won't repeat all of the things all the other guys said, but I just feel like Melbourne City Wrestling pretty much has it right. And here's hoping that they keep going. And here's hoping Sid Parker gets a few more bookings because he really caught my attention. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. He's darn tootin' good. Uh, fantastic wrestling from Australia. This promotion is is doing some really cool things. And I think just the fact that might they might want to work on that whole family friendly thing. Maybe. Or at least try to like clarify it. Yeah. We'll also, I I visited their website. Um if anybody from MCW is watching right now, uh, fix the news link on your website. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I caught that too. Yeah. Um yeah. maybe a roster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's the thing. You've done such a good job on the show itself of establishing who these people are, so that I want to see more of them. So now that I've gone to your website, I, you, you've won me over. Now I've gone to your website. And I want to see more stuff, and um, and there's okay. not a whole lot there to see. A so roster page. A yeah, roster page roster. would be great, um, yes. especially when you got 20 people in a Royal Rumble match that um, that. Uh, and, and then a couple other people scattered throughout the show. Um, I want to. I, I want to see more of these people. I want to see all. I want to. I want to learn more. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But really cool. They are doing cool things like putting their stuff out on Vimeo, not letting like you know finding a way to get their content out there uh, for people to be able to consume in a digital format, and not letting you know not letting. Uh, Anything stand in their way, kind of finding the avenues that they can, which is something like simple, something as simple as setting up Vimeo on demand, which is really cool. Uh, so you can buy those on their on their Vimeo page. Uh, we'll have I'll, I'll make sure to link all of that in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, Melbourne City Wrestling—it's a promotion and some talents to keep an eye on. So check it out, look out for it, keep your eye out, keep your eyes peeled keep seeing stuff uh yeah that brings us to the end of another fantastic episode of the fanny pack wrestling podcast uh jvz tell us a little bit about uh sports odds and ends and what else you got going on, on the internet uh sports odds and ends is a show that i do with king kaz uh another friend of this show and another one of both of your co-hosts and uh um we try to take on some of the sillier stories in sports uh, instead of the old scores and schedules and stuff. I um, haven't recorded an episode in a while, 
but uh, I definitely like to get uh, start doing them a lot more regularly, especially um, it would also be nice to get some more guests involved. Uh, I know DJM guest uh, not only guest hosted an episode, but also helped us edit that episode. So that was fantastic. Um, the uh, yeah, I've also been doing some uh, a little bit more streaming on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash JVZ two Oh nine and twitter.com slash JVZ and pretty much it. JVZ all over the internet. Pat, what's going on? What, 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 what do you, what do you got going on the internet? Um, I do a podcast called record breakers with, uh, Pedro. We talk about music every week. So if, uh, music is a thing you care about and you like hearing new stuff, uh, we talk about a new album every week. You can play Record Breakers, the home game, and listen along with us. Experience the uh, sometimes horrible, sometimes wonderful side of things. Uh, hear something you've never heard or revisit an old classic. It's a, it's a good time. Uh, recordbreakerspodcast.com, at 4recordbreakers on Twitter. Uh, I'm at the swagger on Twitter. Follow me. Uh, I am sometimes an emo bitch, and sometimes I tweet about <laughs> other stuff like cars and music. And yes. You know my my weird life yes we're all of our weird lives on the internet uh deej what do you got for announcements what do you got for for things to talk about i would like everyone out there on the interwebs in fanny pack podcast land to give a tweet and that reply and a follow to the incomparable mr patrick cone at time jumper three to the one to the nine Patrick point blank is the man he he is may very well be the most generous and gentlemanly person in this little internet community that so many of us are a part of and I just want to give the biggest of shout outs to time jumper just because at time jumper three one three one nine follow him he's good people yes. Very, very good people. I've met him personally and pretty much come out of every interaction with with him pretty much blown away at at him, what he stands for. And uh Yeah. I think I think some part of all of us kinda wants to be a little bit like Time Jumper when we <laughs> yeah, I've, I've actually like, told him like, that that like, like I wanna be you when I grow up. Is basically. Like and, and I and I s I don't say that about many people, but like yeah. he, he it's not just that he's like a successful dude, it's that he is a wonderful human being who's yeah. very nice and very generous and wants to see great stuff in the world. Yes. And I like that. I respect that a lot. Yeah, a successful dude that elevates the people around him. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so shout out to the time jumper, awesome dude. Um, last thing, uh, do we want to go ahead and announce it, uh, DJM? Uh, uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, podcast fans, uh, tonight's episode of the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. If you're watching it live on Diamond Club TV or listening in podcast form on demand, uh, this current episode is the penultimate episode of the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. The upcoming episode in which Petey Rave and I will cover the Bowie show from Pro Wrestling Gorilla, 
will in fact be the final ride of the good ship fanny pack. So if you've ever enjoyed this show, or even if you're a little bit interested in independent wrestling, that will be the episode for you to tune in. And we thank you for checking us out. Yeah. We're going to end with PWG because I think if, if any, if we want to say anything is our, our bookends, for our what we talk about wrestling, what we love in inter- independent and we'll, wrestling, and we'll go chicken. into all of that. We'll definitely go into all of that at length on the next episode. Yeah, but, if, but if uh, for it, now, PD Rave, let let's just take it home. Yeah, if we call anything our bookends is Chikara and PWG, and we thought eh, let's end it on PWG. Uh but yeah, he's just call me DJM. I'm at PD Rave. PDs and Williams, Ravens and Jimmy, all in one word. Fanny Pack WP is the show. FannyPackWrestling.com. Rally TV on YouTube. Until next time. Hasta los huevos. We're not kidding. The next episode is... Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>